Hey everyone, welcome to the Landlord Association podcast. I'm your host, George Gao. This is a podcast by the landlords and for the landlords in the greater Houston area. We'll discuss tips, strategies, techniques to help our listeners to be more educated and ultimately become more successful rental property owners and investors. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 22. Today we have an interview with Nagu from Riverbridge Investments, who is specializing in ground-up developments. This was also recorded before COVID, and like what we did with Nikhil on the commercial retail side, hopefully we can bring Na back to give us an update how the pandemic has affected the real estate business from a developer's perspective. In terms of her background, even though Na is a relatively young investor, she has already completed numerous projects in very competitive areas in Houston. And you will hear, before COVID, she was working on a ground-up development project in the Independence Heights area, which has really blown up in the last two or three years. She talked about how she identified the project, she, how she financed it, and what can investors expect in terms of returns for that kind of risk profile. If you're interested in learning more about her latest projects, you can reach her at na, and that's N-A, at riverbridgeinvestments.biz. All right, hope you enjoy my conversation with Nagu. Uh, hi, now welcome to the Landlord Association Podcast. Oh, yeah, and my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> Great. Um, so I met you uh, last week at the area networking event, and uh, uh, I was really, uh, you know, wanted to learn more about your background, what you did. I think, you know, I heard about you doing development deals, and I think it would be a good topic for our uh, listeners and Landlord Association members to hear about what uh, different aspects of the development it's, it's about. So yes. um, can you just give us a, like a five, 10 minute quick overview of, you know, how you got into real estate, mm-hmm. you know, what you do before and uh, yeah. a little bit about your company. Yeah, it's, a, it's a really funny that actually I got into real estate accidentally. Um, I, was, uh, I had a major in psychology, a minor in criminal justice. Uh, bachelor degree uh, back in university never thought about I would get into into a real estate industry until one day I met one of my classmates and uh, he's saying that he um, he's getting a a realtor license and we start talking about real uh, real estate and uh, I um, start want to have a more flexible schedule work instead of being in office eight to five. So I started, you know, wanted to uh, have my own business uh, and uh, start doing real estate transactions. So I quit my job, got a realtor uh, license, moved to Houston. I used to live in Corpus Christi for a long time. Then uh, when I moved to Houston, I got uh, got to um, a lot of connections and uh, start investing in multifamilies. And um, and I just met one uh, one of my partners, and he's the builder at the network event. And uh, he just suggests me that uh, why don't we buy a piece of vacant land and build from ground up instead of uh, competing with all other people to buy overpriced apartment complex. And I I think that's a really he's he's a very very right about it. So I just it kind of just. Uh, um, really, I guess just attracting into that and uh, start. We'll start looking for land and um, and start building something. So um, we got into uh, you know different uh, um, d- uh, properties uh, um, we're building right now. Okay, so uh, I guess just from my perspective, you know, for the properties I buy, you know, it's a hundred hundred fifty dollar hundred fifty dollar to or two hundred fifty dollars square feet. If you're looking at class A properties, obviously if you look at Memorial or Rural is much more expensive, but uh, typically type A, type B, multifamilies are between maybe 100 to 200 square foot. Is that 
So is, are you guys trying to, um, so doing ground up, obviously it's going to be brand new. There's mm-hmm. going to be very low maintenance, very low capex in the first five to 10 years. Right, um, right. But the goal, the goal is to kind of achieve that kind of 100. What's your goal for uh, per square foot basis? When you uh, it depends on what kind of asset types, uh, uh, class uh, apartment you're mm-hmm. trying to build. So we can literally build class C mm-hmm. uh, apartment complex, class B, B plus, and class A high luxurious apartment. It, it depends on what kind of material you use, mm-hmm. what kind of fin- uh, furniture, what kind of appliances you put into the apartment, right? right. And you've seen those uh, uh, basic apartment with hardy blank all around our exterior, carpets in the bedroom, rooms those are basic very basic mm-hmm. class b minus mm-hmm. uh, kind of apartment so it really depends on what you need and the depend on the material depend on what we put inside and exterior yeah. um, that determines how much we're going to build per square foot okay so. gotcha so yeah so i'm just you know i think what investors should understand is maybe you can buy a used 1980 1990 built uh, class b apartment for me a hundred dollars per square foot but why not build something new for maybe $120 per square foot where you can, you know, get it from brand new and have no... Uh, absolutely. We yeah. can't even build a, we can't even build $80, $90 per square foot. Right. Even uh, below replacement value, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. For yeah. the new build. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's that's pretty exciting for uh, for investors as an alternative to buying like an existing property. Yeah. Where it's alternatively you can think about just ground up development. And, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. I think know. this will definitely open up a lot of investors' mind. Okay. And uh, so the key there is, you know, um, how do you how do how do you how do you achieve that? Do you uh, go out and get a really good deal on land, or do you have uh, your own your construction company that you work with, partners you work with? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, steps involved in land development. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, definitely a very complicated transaction. First of all, you have you have to have a good land. And you have to make sure that uh, the land is fee- uh, is f- uh, suitable for what you're trying to build. And you before you even negotiate the price with seller, you need to make sure the land is uh, it, it has utilities, it has a sewer line and a storage line and um, a water line ready, which you have to go to a civil engineer to uh, to do due diligence, make sure that it, all those places are 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 in place for yeah. you to go ahead. Um, after that, you negotiate the price with the seller, right? So the price you don't want to buy overpriced land. The same thing, you don't mm-hmm. want to buy overpriced apartment complex. Yeah. So everything's ready, then you can go ahead and acquire the land. And uh, uh, of course, that after that, you have to have a performa, for example, uh, uh, like financial analysis, market data, all that stuff you have to have uh, upfront, mm-hmm. right? And then you can, you know, uh, show your investors and what you're trying to build and uh, solicit money from that way. Yeah. And uh, of course, that at the same time, you want to make sure that you are you're using a reputable and a very experienced uh, builder construction team mm-hmm. to finish the project. Um, developer as developer my role is to make sure that um, the project is going to be uh, constructed and go accordingly at the time frame and also uh, not overrun the budget right and um, uh, one of my biggest responsibilities is to make sure that um, um, I have the ability to mitigate risk because there are a lot of risks involved in the in the uh, land development project um, there's there's a thousand things could go wrong during construction. Yeah. So my job is to make sure that I can mitigate the risk. If something comes up, I have the um, capacity, competent to turn around very quickly. Okay, 
Um, and one of the, one of the first things I think as a developer, you got to have the vision of what this property is going to look like, and and so at that point, in, in the upfront, you kind of kind of work with uh, somebody to what to think about is it going to be suitable for multifamily? Is it going to be suitable for single family? You do a like a subdivision type of things. Right. Right. Yeah. So you have to think about um, what kind of asset types you're trying to build, mm -hmm. right? So a lot of people, you can. there's the two ways to this. You can see a property and you can imagine, okay, on this property, I'm going to build this and that, right? Or you have an asset type in mind and you're, you're saying, okay, I'm, I'm, try, I'm going to build a 250 units doors apartment. Mm -hmm. Then you, you find the land that fits what you're trying mm -hmm. to do. So there's two-way approach to this. Yeah, so, okay, obviously one way is you, a land land deals come in through your door and then you're not sure what to do with it but then you can strategize about whether it's mixed use or multi-family or single-family exactly. or somebody would say I want to build a hundred single families help me find the land yeah Let's absolutely find, yeah yeah I do have investors uh, told uh, tells me uh, that oh I want to build a certain type of uh, asset class mm -hmm. um, and find me a land for that right so I, I would find the land for them. Gotcha. In some way, is that almost easier? If you like, somebody knows what they want? Uh, I wouldn't say easier. Yeah. Finding land in general is not easy. <laughs> right. uh, even though you could find the perfect land at the perfect place, yeah. the price might not be good enough for you to do. Right. Um, for my company, we have a, um, a margin we have to hit, a, a rate of return for my investors. So um, I have to evaluate all the investment opportunities to um, choose the best one. Right. Because if we don't hit that margin, it doesn't really worth our effort to do it because yeah. there's... That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a lot of time and a lot of risk we have to involve in the project and also the financings from the bank and all that. We, we have to be the guarantee for millions of dollars alone. Right. No, absolutely. Um, speaking of financing, how is financing different from doing ground up versus you buying ex existing assets? It's totally different. Yeah. Um, when you do a land development deal, uh, no bank will give you so-called non-recourse mm -hmm. loan. Somebody has to be the guarantor on the project for the project, and also the bank will look at your financial statement see if this guarantor is strong enough to put it off. Means, for example, if you're getting a loan five million dollars, and the bank wants to, want to see if your net worth is five million dollars, or 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 not, right. and just for the bank to feel comfortable to loan you the loan. Right. What about something happen? You cannot repay the bank. So there's a, a lot, there's a totally different, a lot more risk involved definitely um, for versus buying an existing apartment complex and then you can go for Friday May, Friday May government loans right. or, or hot loans that, um, you know, even traditional bank loan, you can use what you call non-recourse loans. So there's no personal guarantee the loan. Mm -hmm. Definitely it's a risk-free. Yeah. Um. So you gotta find somebody who has a balance sheet to help you get started uh, on the project. Yeah, I mean, that's something that's new to me. I mean, coming coming from a more residential investment perspective, I mean, you can have 
maybe just a down payment and they will let you uh, yeah, you know, yeah, take out a Fannie Mae loan. And, you know, yeah, in land amendments, it's uh, totally different and um, somebody is going to be wanting to put their neck on the chop board, yeah. basically. Right. So let's say the whole development land and everything costs like $5 million. You find somebody, your company has a balance sheet of $5 million, they'll, they'll lend you do it. But do they lend you 100% of the cost uh, or do they lend you... Um, if you go with traditional streamlined banking, um, they will not. They will never loan you a hundred percent. They will loan you uh, the best term they will give you is eighty okay. percent, and it's depend. It's also depend on different asset class. Um, there's apartment complex is more favorable uh, than spec house. Uh, the bank will go, willing to go with twenty uh, percent um, for apartment. Uh, Versus the spec house or townhomes that we're going to sell right away, they probably will require uh, 25%. Okay. Yeah. So it really depends sure. on the, the, the asset class that you're, uh, we're trying to build. Yeah. And at the same time, it's not like they don't give you the money up front. Do you have a draw schedule? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, you, nobody will give you money up front. Like, you have to pay all the soft costs out of your own pocket or the money you solicited from investors. Uh, to pay all that from all soft costs, the engineering plans yeah. and all that stuff, right? And the yeah. closing costs and uh, all the, the uh, impact fees and, yeah. you know, the city fees and all that stuff. And the material fees. Because mm-hmm. a lot of G, a lot of GCs, that they, when they start working a project, they would, they would ask the developer, um, give me $50,000, let me buy the material, or let me start the infrastructure mm-hmm. on the land, gradings, you know. Um, poor conquests and stuff like that. So all those money that a developer has to pay out of pocket, but um, once the job is done and uh, it's got inspected from, from the bank, then you can draw those money uh, from banks. So uh, one of the most important GC's job is to uh, do the draw schedules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, make sure every get paid. Right, exactly. I mean, I, I think, you know, just from, we have, you know, our listeners, some of our you know, fix and flips, you know, on the residential side, uh, but this is just much, much bigger scale. Yeah, uh, and uh, <laughs> bank is very restricted on the draw schedules. Yeah, and the, and the terms are they do they just typically like a five year term on the build or, or do they do they just almost you, as soon as you're done you sell it it's matured on the construction loan or is it more so it's a it's a little different so de- like I said it depends on the asset mm-hmm. time. Uh, we're building townhomes right now. We're building 23 townhomes right now at the Independent Heights. So the townhomes that we're trying to sell, we're not holding it. So um, we got a year um, construction loan terms. Uh, within a year, we should be able to finish the construction and then we sell after that. Um, if we build a apartment complex, then what it is is that bank will give us two years to complete the construction process. Mm-hmm. And after we lease up, we can get 20, 20 to 25 years amortization loan from the bank. Okay. But we cannot have, they will only give us a five years fixed rate. So after five years and then we get another five years fixed right. rate all the way to, 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 to 20 to 25 years. Right. Um, but our approach, um, would it be we will apply for government loans for uh, apartment complex because they're just much uh, much better terms from uh, versus from uh, traditional banking. Yeah, agency loans. Right, agency loans. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can get the construction loan and refinance into agency loans. Yeah, to 30 years. Yeah, no, I, that's one of the benefits having you know, multifamilies versus um, 
you know, industrial over or, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then you mentioned spec housing. Is the townhomes considered spec housing, uh, spec, spec houses? I mean, you just build yes. it and then... Yes, anything, anything that you're, you're trying to build and uh, you're trying to sell after building, uh, that is, that is uh, in the spec housing category. Right, okay. Um, and let's just talk about the 23, the townhouse you're trying to build. Mm-hmm. Um, we can do a quick case study. Uh, How do you find the land? Um, and then you know where you are in the process and you know how, how did you finance that yeah so uh the the house the the land is twenty two thousand square foot in independent heights area um i found this land by a friend's friend and that friend is a a realtor for a church the church owns the land in that area so i bought the land for seven hundred twenty five thousand. We're trying to place uh, 12 townhomes on the land. Each townhome total coverage of, is uh, 2,200 and uh, 2,270 uh, square feet. For each one. Mm-hmm. For each one. And um, uh, we, uh, we, are a, we will be a gated community. We will have HOA at the very end to manage it. So it's going to be a really nice, uh, safe uh, community. Um, and uh, so that's how I got the, uh, acquired the land. Um, the as far as for financing, we're with Allegiance Bank right now. So they they give us money, uh, the, they loan us the money to to start uh, four houses at this moment. So we want to break down into phases because that will reduce a lot of uh, uh, risk for mm-hmm. us. And a bank doesn't want too much risk yeah. as well. What about we cannot sell? Right? Yeah. We still have to pay the holding costs every month. Um, and uh, as far as for financing, that's what uh, we have a year to finish a year and a year to two years. If if we need more, the bank will give us extension okay. on on the on so, the financing. So the four is this four done? This first four is still under construction. Yeah, we are about to break ground in the beginning of April. Okay. Yeah, we're selling between three eighty to four hundred. It's mm-hmm. a three stories, uh, mm-hmm. uh, very nice stucco all around. Um, uh, well, uh, the th- stucco on the three first three sides and the hardy blank in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, we will we will use all engineer wood all around and uh, personally tile in the bathrooms. It's uh, a walk. It's three. Three ba- three bedrooms and three and a half baths. Okay. Um, it's uh, our our um, townhomes are are more uh, white and gray color. Okay. One car one par- one car parking on the first floor. Two two car. Okay, drive in. Yeah, okay. two car garage. Yeah, got every, it. every unit. Right, mm-hmm. and then uh, so it's about a hundred and seventy per, per square foot, uh, three eighty for twenty two twenty two hundred square foot. 170, 180 per square foot, and then, so, I mean, that's kind of the... You mean the selling price? For a selling price, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're selling at 380, 400, that's about right. 175, right. 180 okay. there. Okay, got it. Yeah. No, that's a great, yeah, that's a great example yeah. where you can get the land and for, for decent price and be able to, uh, you know, have a good construction costs and still be able to uh, make yeah, it. Yeah, our construction costs are pretty reasonable. We're, we're paying about 80, $83 per square foot for right. this lot, yeah. for, for this each unit. And right. uh, we're building very uh, upper higher quality townhomes. Okay, yeah, you know, I think for that area that's pretty reasonable for, uh, for the selling price. 
for a yeah absolutely know, we don't we don't construction. we don't worry about not selling at all <laughs> <laughs> okay we're starting uh, we're actually starting a pre-sale package right now okay i just signed a contract with uh, ck um ck uh, remax fine property so they're they're my uh, listing agent and they're doing the pre-sale package so we're gonna pre-sell 30 days before we break ground okay yeah. why don't you do the uh, the the selling yourself uh, doing the house uh, because my time I don't have a lot of time to sell houses by m myself I think that my time is uh, more about finding the next investment opportunity for my investors yeah perfect it's all about finding the people the team building the team the complementary skills absolutely and uh, they are good they are probably better than uh, me on selling properties <laughs> yeah no, I hope so yeah. um, and then who's a who's a construction partner in this deal is it something you used before you, uh, or is it somebody you're working with the first time? Uh, this this group, this two uh, two guys, and they're very very experienced uh, in townhomes and the multifamilies. I have never used them before, but I have checked all the work they have done. They built a numerous height. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, numerous townhomes in the Heights area, and this guy has built all all across the United States with his father. His father his father was a builder as well back then. Mm -hmm. um, so they have done a high quality work. So um, I'm, and we have already built a, a really Relationship and, yeah. I, and we trust each other um, so I'm willing to go with them this time okay was that through a reference or do you interview like 10 different GC's and uh, settle on this one this this group I met them at networking event. okay yeah yeah okay perfect um, and so what is something that comes up like the ground something in the ground or something um, you know GC says gosh you know there's we had a we, we ran over budget. Um, I mean, what's your what's your mitigation step if something like that happens? Like GC turns out, oh, I'm I'm temper I'm gonna be ten percent over budget for for these houses. Yeah, so that's a great question. So that's one of the the risk that as a developer we have to mitigate. So normally, um, you we will have a very good contract in place. So for example, if they if if the Price is $85 per square foot. If it rents over the budget in the contract, we'll have a provision uh, stating that if it rents over the budget, the builder will pay for the rest. Okay. Um, or the timing as well. If the time is uh, um, uh, run more than three days over the, the time frame, then the, they will have a penalty. Okay. Yeah, just gotta hold them accountable and state everything up front. Yes, absolutely. And uh, for me, I always have um, you know backup plan. For example, like if there's a lot of things happen, a lot of cases happen that if a builder just say, "Hey, I quit, mm -hmm. I'm walking out of the site," then I have somebody else to uh, somebody uh, else to take over the project. Has that happened to you before? No, no, okay. it hasn't. Thank God. <laughs> but I have heard a lot of horror stories about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, on the single family side, we definitely have people who walked out. Off. I mean, yeah. that just happens. Yeah, uh, the for uh, you, you can't imagine what's 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 that look like in a big construction yeah. job. Yeah. Oh, I can't imagine. Um, so, do you do retail and mixed use too? Uh, or, or we are we are heading focused? we are heading towards that direction right okay. now. We are right now doing more townhomes and uh, apartment, mm -hmm. uh, but are but we are uh, actually looking for land in Conroe's right now mm -hmm. to build a mixed used 
property, like either retail in the front, apartment in the back, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. And we are also towards we're also building towards subdivisions, like two three hundred houses subdivision in Conroe as well. Wow, yeah, that definitely the humble Conroe. I mean. Up in Woodland, I mean, it's definitely yeah. growing exponentially. Uh, oh, yes, absolutely. Conroe is the fastest growing uh, city in the whole nation, believe it or not, because all the extension uh, from Woodlands, and Woodlands is no longer issuing apartment permits anymore. And also, uh, you know, as you know, Houston is, uh, by 2023, Houston will have a couple more million people moving. Mm-hmm. Um, so because all the factors that the Conroe, and plus uh, the energy corridors, the medical centers are there, and the Conroe is just blowing right now. Yeah. It's, explode, it's exploding right now. It's getting further and further pushed out. Yeah, yeah, there are a lot of huge developers in there, for example, Johnson Development, and as you know, Johnson Development has a built Atlanta in Sugarland, mm-hmm. and uh, also GB, uh, KB Home, HD Horton, uh, Harvard Hughes, um, and also um, LGI. Yeah. Uh, all those big developers are in Houston, uh, in Conroe now. Okay, great. Um, so what's your goal in 2020? My goal in 2020 is to do uh, as mu- as many projects as I can, and expanding my horizon to different fields. For example, um, the mixed use, um, more retail centers, more maybe condo subdivision, right. and also making uh, continue making the maximum return for my investors who trust us. Okay, great. Um, so some great goals for for New Year. So. Uh, speaking of investors, who are your typical investors in your deals? Um, I have all different kind of investors. Uh, we have individual investors who are uh, interested in the deal. They probably put about a couple hundred dollars, a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Um, we also have Accurate investors, individual investors. Okay, yep. Yep. Yeah, and we also have. Um, uh, uh, institutional investors that we solicited uh, for a much bigger scale of project uh, that would be over a couple million dollars four or five million dollars and we go to those investors so pension funds uh, insurance company yes yeah. the private equity yeah. or banks they sometimes look for yeah 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 hedge funds and, and okay. things like that okay um, so you know if somebody come to you and, uh, and uh, at the time you say, oh, well, I have this big spree party going on, and um, you maybe have two or three parties going on. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess, is that at the point you just talk to them about what, the options, what their options are, they can invest in a, do they, is it typical in, in a fund structure or a project specific? They would invest in a project specific? Uh, right now we are putting deal by deal, so it's okay. a project specific. Okay. Um, so we um, because we we know we have to know what our investors' goal is mm-hmm. and what's their philosophy investing. Uh, we have investors are they like short term mm-hmm. uh, project, which is one year, one and a half years. So then I put those, I, I source the deals out and then send to specific investors. Uh, we cater to all of our investors. Mm-hmm. We don't. I don't send deals to every investors. Yeah. I have investors that they love long-term hold. Then I send apartment deals, right. retail deals to them. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So I mean, say I want to yield every quarter. I want a paycheck. Then. Uh, right. Then right. obviously they're not going to be. They're not going to do spec homes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Okay. No, that's good to know. 
I think some every appetite risk appetite is different, right? Absolutely. They, they, they wanna, and, and you don't want to waste their time when they say, "Oh, I don't. I told you I wanted this deal, and you give them that deal, and you don't want to. You don't want to do that." Okay, good. <laughs> um, and and you say there's certain tasks that you want to focus on, and let other people do what's their best at. Right. Um, so who are the other people on your team that helps you uh, in this? Yeah, so um, I, I would like to say that uh, one of my team members, David, and he has been a really great helper for me. He's uh, helping me uh, set up a lot of important meetings with the city officials. Um, and also my key, my key team members include my uh, engineer firms, my architectural firms. The reason being is um, my engineer firm, I can look at land and send them the address and they can tell me is there a problem on the land so they save a lot of time for me to even to um, negotiate the price or check check the land by myself or go to their office to to talk to them so they'll give me an answer by then and my engineer he's a really good uh, and he will even give me his advice see if his land is good to is worth pursuing right. and uh, as far as from my architecture firm and uh, my architect is, a, is also very helpful because he will give me the site plan right away mm -hmm. so I know how much houses how many units can fit on the land so it's, it's really saving me time. I can just go ahead to do my financial analysis. Mm -hmm. um, so those those people, I think they're key members for me. That saves time and I'm being efficient at what I do. Right. No, it's got to have good team that you can trust. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I know not all the deals are roses and everything goes smoothly. What's the one uh, mistake or lessons learned you took away from a, like a recent deal, past deal that yeah. you, you feel learn, you learn a lot from? Yeah, absolutely. This is a great question. Um, we just had a, uh, uh, just had a project, just, uh, just got replatted, courted uh, by the city. And it took this company a year to get um, replat done for us, which should have taken them about four or five months. So they have, we have overrun five months with this record, uh, replat. So that caught, this company has cost us so much money at this moment. And uh, so I, what I learned from this is I would never ever use a wrong survey and a wrong reply company. No, that's a, that's a pretty big deal. It is a big deal. And uh, it kind of um, made us actually several my, cons uh, my investor um, mad. I wouldn't say mad, they kind of have a concern about the project right. progress. Yeah, if you're not, um, able to get that piece done, then you know they kind of don't trust you know, yeah. the rest of the you know, phases. Yeah, exactly. So I think what I learned is uh, uh, really be careful who you choose to work with because yeah. the land women is a sector. Once you sign a contract, you kind of stuck with them. Yeah, Oof. that's that's a good lesson. Good takeaway. <laughs> All right, we're going we're going to uh, segment to our general advice. Uh, questions. Um, when you coming up, you said you, you had you met a partner at a network event to help you uh, learn about the development business. Is that a kind of mentor type? You had a um, a mentor that helped you get started in the business. Uh, yes, I would say yes. So uh, the first partner of mine, he has been in the business for a couple years, and uh, uh, when we do a project together, um, I. Ask him all the questions I I I don't know, 
and he kind of mentored and taught me how to do certain things. So I just learned from him and uh, all the people around me. I have a lot of friends are developers. Mm -hmm. So I just pick up a call and call them on how to do things. And yeah. uh, also that uh, we, as developers, we actually exchange information and refer parties to each other. So I, I get, you know, good architecture firm from my friends and they ask me for this company, that company. So we actually refer each other. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I, th I think just in general, the people I met in networking events in real estate are very forthcoming about, you know, their ideas, their strategies, and, you know, they're willing to share and teach other people uh, just uh, in general. I think that's why we have a lot of these uh, networking events period is right. people to kind of share their thoughts and learn from each other. Yeah, I think that's that. a very helpful, that's a very good idea. Yeah, very good ecosystem. Yeah. Um, any advice for some, either for a passive investor, want to learn more about development deals and ground up deals, and then we'll get into maybe one piece of advice for somebody who wants to do a development deal. Yeah. Um, so I think the most there's there are a lot of uh, advices that I want to tell the passing investor yeah. or the new passing yeah. investors. But one most important advice I want to address here is do your own due diligence. If you're a passing investor, your goal is to make a certain return in a year. You want to do your own due diligence. You don't want put your 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 livelihood on GPs because they could they. They could manipulate uh, the number and they could uh, do uh, wrong. They could make mistake on the balance sheet where you're not going to net that much uh, money. I always suggest uh, inv my investors do their own due diligence, evaluate their own uh, the project on their own, and then make your decision if you can tolerate the risk or mm -hmm. not. Okay. Um, like, would you advise them to say, hey, uh, go on there and see the land or? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I told my investor, I will show you the land, I'll yeah. show you the neighborhood and tell me if you'd like to invest or not. I want them to see on their own yeah. eyes. Do they say, hey, show me the blueprint, uh, you know, give me your, do they ask you for the Excel spreadsheet and say, what, uh, what are your costs, show yes. me the costs and show uh, me your Yeah, they won't even ask me, I, I automatically show to okay. them. When I send a, a project deal to my investors, yeah. it has all the presentation, all the details, and all, uh, I show them where the number come from, and along with very, very detailed uh, performer. Right. So it shows how much they're gonna net each year, what's their cash on cash return, what's their ROI, yeah. um, they will see everything. Yeah. And, uh, and they should check the numbers, make sure they can sensitize it, you know, check the assumptions, you know, maybe your estimate for construction costs too high or too low, and they should do their own kind of estimate based on, you know, what they think uh, yeah. their risk appetite is. Yes, absolutely. I encourage all of them to do their own evaluation, their own due diligence. And also, I, I usually just tell my investor, hey, let's sit down and let's go over the numbers. I'll explain to you because not a lot of investors, they're very savvy at the land development. They know that not very savvy on construction costs because that's a really a difficult that's part hard. because yeah. you, you don't know the labor cost, material cost is always fluctuate. Yeah. So somebody can get a job done $80, somebody can get a job on $120 per square foot. So really, it's really hard to tell, but I, I would like to tell my investor, let's, let me explain to you the numbers. So we sit down one by one and uh, talk to, I, I explain to them where the number come from and all okay. that stuff. 
And uh, just talking before when we first met, um, you know, you have your own source for materials. Right. Is that one of the ways you can keep the cost down? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So one of the advantages for my investor who invests with me and the coming coming up new investors is that I sell construction material by myself. And I also have a great connection with China. And I, I can get the material very high quality, but in a very, very fair price. So that's one of the advantage that I have. So I can reduce the budget, reduce the expenses, yeah. so uh, and potentially uh, maximize the return. Right. So for the same materials, you can get a Home Depot and Lowe's. I get much cheaper. You than can that. get a, just container full, and then get it for much lower price. Yes, right? absolutely. Without going to the middleman. Yes, right. absolutely. Direct to the source. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a big advantage for somebody who's gonna. Have to run to Home Depot. Every yeah, day absolutely. I actually sell construction material right now to builders, and they're they're buying construction from from me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Anything from granite countertops to yeah. floors to hardware. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Uh, cabinetry, uh, wood floor, SPC, you name it. Uh, right. Ceramic tile, crystalline tile. Yeah. If somebody want to just want to refurnish one bathroom, can they come to you? Yeah, yeah. they can come to me. So um, we we uh, no matter how much you buy from yeah. us, we give wholesale price to everybody. If okay. you buy one piece, like say ten square foot of um, tile, yeah. we still give you wholesale price. Okay. I'm just asking for selfish reasons. Maybe I'll be doing it. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> I'll give you a card. Nice. It, it has my uh, my showroom address. It's good to know. All right. Um, and then now we're going to transition to the, the fun segment of the of the, the questions. Okay. You ready? Yeah, okay. sure. So outside of work, what do you do for fun? Um, you know, I don't have a lot of free time, to be honest. But when I do have free time, I like to read. I like to uh, play piano. I like to, you know, play golf uh, on weekends sometimes, too. And... Um, just simply grab a, a movie or something. Right. Nice. Lay back. Um, what's a favorite book or movie they recently saw that you liked? Oh, yeah. Um, I read a lot of um, capital markets, uh, different investments books. So I recently just finished a book called uh, Investing IPO. Um, so besides the real estate, I want to have my own personal portfolio. So I personally want to invest in different sectors um, besides real estate. So um, that book is it's a fantastic, fantastic. For you guys who has never read a book, please read that book called the uh, Investing IPO. And I learned so much in different uh, different IPOs, and it has different strat uh, strategies to investing. In. Okay, so stories about how public companies came about. Yeah. Went from you know from private to public companies. Yeah, absolutely, and also how the foreign IPOs uh, issued okay. in U.S. Uh, stock market, or how investors buy foreign uh, IPO issues. Yeah. Okay. That sounds interesting. Yeah. All right. Favorite Houston restaurant. There are so many good restaurants in Houston. You can name a couple, maybe just one. But. Okay, I'll, I'll give a couple. I like Bisu and on the Highland Village area, and I like Moxie's in the Galleria. Um, also, I like Gredo's Italian restaurants on the West Timer and the Galleria area as well. Um, I love sushi as well, so I love to go to actually 
forgot the name of the restaurant. <laughs> it's in Galleria? It's, it's on West Hammer. Okay. It's called Kuto. Okay. And they have very, very good sushi, but a very reasonable price. Okay. Oh. Yeah. I, I'm, uh, I love food, so I got to check all those places out. Yeah, you should. <laughs> it is a really good sushi there. Next question is good for you because you probably know more about Houston different neighborhoods than uh, somebody who would just pick one. What's your favorite Houston neighborhood? You can be development or you live or... Uh, you know, there's several neighborhoods I really like. For example, I love, uh, I love Woodlands. Um, but Woodlands for me, I wouldn't personally live there because it's too far from the center of the city. Um, but I love their environment and the, the green uh, area that they have. They, they actually, the city of uh, Woodlands, they require to have trace, um, um, leave certain percentage of trace in the new development, things like that. So they're very environmental uh, over there. And uh, I also like uh, Sugarland area, because uh, where I'm personally residing right now, uh, I think that Sugarland is a very good environment to live in, less traffic, less uh, less people, yeah. um, and uh, people's uh, qual uh, living quality and the manner are much higher as okay. well. That's good, good solid choices. And I know you go to some networking events. Uh, mm -hmm. For new investors who want to get in and meet some people, what's a good networking event that you recommend? Definitely, I love area. Yeah. <laughs> I think area is the probably the best networking uh, I I have been. Yeah. Uh, not only I can meet so many brokers and investors, but uh, also there are a lot of uh, commercial investors, commercial brokers that I can right. meet over there as well. And I actually got to know you That's through right. area, right? So. <laughs> That's right. You can meet yeah anywhere from the investors, the whole ecosystem, right? The whole live stream. I mean, investors can meet developers and. You know, yeah, I actually met a, a a couple of developers from area okay. as well. For example, yeah. the Ryujing is the one. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely uh, very entrepreneur people. Yeah, in, in, in and and it's great a uh, spirit. Right. within the group as well very encouraging right very warming just like family right. and encouraging each other i, I love yeah. about it no it's great yeah. all right last question how do people find out more about you um uh, people can find on me easily on my website which is www.riverbridgeinvestments.com and the people can find out the new project we're doing we always post the new project um, and the returns and site plans and all that so they can find out more information on that okay great and uh, I can add your email information to the show's footnote if you want yeah absolutely okay yeah. great thank you much so much now oh you're welcome us. my pleasure thank you all right